former U.S. National Rugby Team captain. Team captain. Head coach and general manager. General manager. Now, the co-founder and CEO of the New England Free Jacks. Now. Now. Full contact CEO with Alex Magleby. My name is Alex Magleby, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of the New England Free Jacks, Boston's professional rugby team, and I am your full contact CEO. Today, I'm talking to Courtney Banghart, legendary basketball coach and UNC women's basketball head coach, Naismith National Coach of the Year. Courtney is just a legend. Today, we get to discuss leadership, building a strong culture, how to manage up, how to manage down, how to manage on the side, playing during COVID times. Awesome to have you on here. I've been so pumped for this one. So thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad to be on with you. So kind of tell me what you've been up to. Like, you know, last time I saw you was probably in Hanover in the mid-2000s. Yeah. Kind of what I loved about everything you were about is winning was really important, but it was more important than that. It was education. And Mm -hmm. day one, you've always been about that process, and I really love that. And, uh, you you know, it impressed me when you were here. You were working on a master's as you were on the road all the time recruiting. And you still, every time I saw you, you still were able to have a smile and have a laugh. And mm. I really loved it. brought so much energy to, to things. So what's the road been like? What have you been up to? Yeah. Well, I appreciate those kind words, Alex. I think the um, energy, I think, is a lot of it, right? I mean, this success takes an element of, of enthusiasm and grit. It's what I tell my team. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy that you picked up on the fact that no matter how busy you are or what your goals are, it's how you present, right? And, and I presented a sense of enthusiasm throughout my life that's really carried me through, I think, a lot of ways. Um, and so also that tie of the, of the academic sphere, right? I just think that the educational mission of a school, the extracurricular, in this case, athletics is critical to that, right? The things that I, I want my players to become better people, more critical thinkers, um, healthier in mind and body um, through our experience. And along the way, we're, my job is to win games, right? But you win because of um, how you handle all the other stuff. And so that's probably the thing I've liked the best about coaching is um, I'm super competitive, but I'm actually competitive um, as a byproduct of how much I enjoy the journey of growth. Um, and so because I see my players growing and, and trusting and, and giving so much, I want so much for them. I want to win for them, right? And so um, I went down to Princeton in part, I didn't know if coaching was going to be a vocation for me. Um, and so when I got offered the coaching job at Princeton, I thought, what a great way to find out. Right. Go be a head coach. And I know that's risky, right? So many people thought, well, the problem with that is if you don't succeed, you know, you're, um, you're gonna, once you get fired, you can't really recycle. And I don't know why you'd always have to go to the worst, right? Or I could have success. That's the other option. Right? Uh, and so I went and um, had a lot of success there and believed in the educational uh, values there um, and was very careful about where I was going to go from there. Um, and it had to be a place like this. And uh, so here I am at Carolina, just finished year one, and um, we're much better for the journey we just had. Well, that's awesome. So, you, I mean, you, everything you've done, you've won. Like in high school, every sport possible, you probably won a state championship. Mm-hmm. I remember it was like soccer, basketball. You may have even been good at tennis. And tennis, yeah. Long uh, cobwebs. But uh, <laughs> then at Dartmouth, you won a few Ivy championships as a player. You crushed your three-pointers. How is your three-point game right now, by the way? Better than yours. 
<laughs> no, no way. No way. It doesn't. I, I shoot more because I don't want to have to run anymore. So I'm like, I, I, now I'm only a shooter. That's all I do. This is great. And then as, a, as an assistant coach at Dartmouth, part of a winning program, led that recruiting, which is fantastic. Princeton had won a lot. You come in, you know, after a year or two winning everything, right? And now you're Carolina. You're going to a program that was coming out of a controversy somewhat. Mm-hmm. To now it's ACC basketball. You won. Yeah. And now it's, uh, it's winning. Winning is really, really important. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is an amazing journey you've gone on. But now you're kind of in the CEO position as a head coach of a D1 team. Going back to that kind of educator component, like cutting your teeth as a coach, you love coaching. How much of your actual time do you get to spend, spend doing that? Yeah, you're so right. I mean, I'm basically, it's, yeah, you're running a business. You're running a small business, right? And the basketball is, is. Very public facing, right? It's not like you're running a small business that's a restaurant or something. Or yeah. Company. This is very like, if you make a mistake, that's on you. Yeah. And, and your, your wins and losses are on the front page, yeah. right? Your, um, how you treat people is in front of 8,000 people, right? And um, yeah, so you have to be comfortable with, understanding that you're going to be judged one way or the other every minute of every interaction um, and to just stay laser focused to your why, right? And that's what I've done. I've stayed laser focused to my why. Um, But the, yeah, I mean, I think it's, the success comes again, I think from that grit and enthusiasm that I, I require of myself and people around me every day. But yeah, the CEO part, man, I got to tell you, Alex, it's all I do. I mean, it's, I'm dealing with a staff of 10. I'm dealing with a, a, a team of 12. I'm dealing with a recruiting list of X. I'm dealing with, you know, the budget and you're dealing with the interactions that you can't delegate. As a CEO, there are elements that you cannot delegate, yeah. right? And you know that from the all the work you've done that you don't get to stay in your lane. You don't have a lane. Yeah. You know, um, and so you're, you're doing the, you're doing the things that you can't delegate, um, and while delegating all the things you can. Right. Exactly. And then you have shareholders who are effectively alums and fans, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have relationships and rapport. So how do you work? Like, how do you manage that in your system? What's your system? Now? Do you just have a staff member who's kind of doing each bucket and you're just totally mm. not at all? Or do you find that you, you want to dig in deep into certain areas Staffing. I mean, I, the, the most important thing you do is acquire people in any industry, right? And so I have a really great staff that I spent a lot of time uh, putting together. Um, and so I've got one on my staff whose her job is all internal operations. So everything from gear to scholarship checks to housing to travel to all that. And then I have another one on my staff who her job is everything external, alums, donors, fundraising, um, the community tickets, season ticket holders, all that, right? And then I have assistant coaches, one who's working with our posts, one who's working with our guards, you know. So um, I certainly give people opportunities to lead in their in their in their lane. Um, but yeah, I think the I, I'm responsible for the interconnectedness of all of them. Um, and then the relationships, right? There are a lot of people that um, want to hear from me, and um, you can't delegate that. And that's in recruiting and, and their coaches and their alums and their, you know, the donors. And, um, and so a lot of my time is, is dealing with the relationship part of the job, um, as well as the interconnecting the dots of all the, the different people I've allowed to be in their lane and really kill it in their lane. 
Yeah. And so like with like being an assistant basketball coach is probably one of the hardest jobs out there because you're always on the road. You're expected to coach when you're not on the road. You're always recruiting long trips in general. That's a really, really tough job. So you're having to manage people who are in the weeds a lot. Do you time to actually coach and you know, run the team through? Are you running the tactical and strategic, you know, flow of, of, of how you guys want to play? Yeah. I would say, Max, that's a that's something you can't delegate. Okay. Right. So that's that's in my can't delegate category. So for example, if I'm having a right now we're in skill development mode, right? Make them get them a little bit better individually, especially with COVID, you know, um, and so I, I've given the people who are working with the guard coach and the post coach, they get to execute, they get to create the workouts. But I have I broke down all the film and 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 gave them the progression of skill set I wanted to see. Wow. Right. And so, and then same thing with practice. I, I get input, but I create the practice plan behind a closed door. Right. Um, so I think what you emphasize and what you allow is in part who you are and that can't be delegated. So yeah, that, that definitely the basketball piece I'm heavily involved in now the scouting piece. So if I'm trying to beat you, I have an assistant and a video person who's responsible for that scout. I have very little to do with the, the nuts and bolts of the scout, but the concepts of which ones we're going to focus on, um, they sort of present me with the information and I have to synthesize it quickly and decide this is how we're going to go. The chess master. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Totally love that. Everybody talks about culture and having a, a good culture. I mean, everybody has culture. It's just the behaviors and what happens every day. How, how are you defining that? How are you building it? Obviously, it's a new team. You've had a year to kind of scan and feel. Like, what's, how are you doing that? Yeah, it's the most important thing we do. You know, it's it's the teams that are the best in, in talent is hugely important. If you have the best players, you're going to win all, most of the time. There's not a huge separation at this point between the first, the best player in the country and the 35th best player in the country, right? So what? who wins has got the best culture. And, um, you know, you have that, that unique juxtaposition of a coach-led team is never going to be as good as a player-led team, right? but you have to teach players how to lead in a way that fits your personality, right? So you're constantly modeling it, celebrating it, um, teaching it, holding them accountable to it, um, asking them to protect it, you know, constantly. So for example, if I walk into the gym and there's somebody sitting in the stands or someone walking by and I say to you and you were, you were getting shots up, hey, who is that? And, and your answer was, I don't know. I would be like, okay, great. So stop what you're doing. Let's go say hi. And they just, they, they learn in the moment that like, we're not, we're, we're not our, you know, how we want to handle ourselves is not pick and choose. We want to be this way all the time or whatnot. Um, so I think it's, we, we address it, we explain it, and then we constantly critique it and constantly lead it. Um, and what we want, our motto right now in this program is strong on own, best together. And partly, and then our hashtag is in pursuit. And so those culture points are, I want them to understand that a part of our success is me helping them become strong on their own, right? So their, their own unique journey of becoming better and in pursuit of that. But yet we're going to be our best together, right? And so kind of all of our um, standards and, and, and pillars and foundations are based on those things. Does it help you get strong on your own? Or does it help us be best together? 
That's awesome. Everything everything comes back to that. So if you're getting your recovery right and all the other pieces of being a good student and everything else, take care of yourself. Yeah, with the free jacks, we're humble, hardworking, have fun. That humble is really, we're really specific about it. Now that, that means we're prioritizing our community first. Number one, our team second, then ourselves. It doesn't mean that ourselves, that we're not important. Like we, we got to take care of ourselves so the team is better, but the team's priorities are above our own. Uh, totally. well, in this endeavor and this journey and then the communities you know that's that's above the team and, that, and it has to work that way for us to be successful and partly if like that i'm telling you mags i think for you is because that's what works for you right and i think that's what makes coaching so important like if i if if you tried to coach just like me you okay. wouldn't be as successful right and if i tried to coach just like you i wouldn't be you have to be authentic to what what actually matters to you and and so if you knew that the right way to do it is to care about the group first but you didn't feel that way yeah. it would never work so maybe maybe a different person feels like no it's actually more important that you are most that the the individual is most important that's fine too as long as it fits you know so that they always say that you got to fit your personality you know and i think it does in that case it brings up the, the age-old recruiting question. Are you recruiting talent that you hold into that culture, or are you finding those who already demonstrate you know, pieces of that culture? Like, how do you go about that? First thing is the talent, honestly. I mean, I think you, you, it's harder to win if, if you don't have the talent. I, I find it easier to get the talent to buy into me than to try to get players that aren't good enough across the board to be better than another team. So talent is the first thing. Now, the talent, again, there's not a huge separation. What are you saying? I love that because a lot of people are like, oh no, it's just about the environment. You're like, no, no, no you, you gotta have the right horses for the courses, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, right, and then you can teach. And so if I'm recruiting you and, and, and I'm recruiting, you know, Brooke, right, I'm recruiting both of you, and I enjoy talking to you more, um, and I enjoy, your family group more and I, I'm going to just start talking to you more, which means I'm recruiting you more. Right. Um, so there's that human element as well. But, um, and of course there are the red flags that everybody on this podcast will have and know that you don't recruit those or I don't. Right. And that's partly why I was picky about where I would coach. Now I went from Dartmouth to Princeton to Carolina, like no one's feeling bad for me. I get it. Right. But I've made that choice that I'm going to, I'm not taking a situation professionally where I'm going to have to take kids or, be a part of them, something that I can't stand behind, right? Um, but yeah, I start with talent and then trust that my job is to transform people into understanding what actually is important. And you guys actually like write that down? Here are priorities. Yeah, so we had our team meeting and how I started it was, I, I, I said, this is the only time all year, it happens once every year, that this day is that I present right? Because coaches don't present, right? Coaches have authentic relationships, right? And they, they coach, they teach, they interact. But I said, this is the one time all year that I'm going to present because we have to be clear on what our standards are. And then they're written down, you know, and it's like, we went through it word by word. And it was like, you've heard it, you've seen it, and you now own it, right? And then every other time, if there's a, you know, if there's a slip up or, or we celebrate something that will be because we're still, we're, we're still adjusting to them, but at least we know what they are now. Yeah. So we, we meet with them, you know, be a good teammate. That's number one for us. That's a standard that, that we care about. And I explain what that means, right. And respect for others. 
kind of what you had said, just the humility or however you want to word that, right? The third is communication is required. And I talk about what that means, speak in truth, problem solve face-to-face, you know, those type of things. And then the last one is commitment is expected and understanding what that, what that, what that means. This is what commitment means to me. You know, your academic effort, you're engaging in the recruiting process, you commit to sleep and health and nutrition, you know. Um, so be a good teammate, respect for others. Um, communication is required and commitment is expected. Um, I always say your culture, your kids have to know it. So if you ask them what our standards are and they don't know those four, I haven't done a very good job. Yeah, that's awesome. So taking a step back, is that something that you guys get on a whiteboard together at the end of last year with, with the group that's moving forward into the next year and you kind of whiteboard out what you want the standards to be or is it something you take from your amazing experiences in the past and say this is what this means if i'm going to be a part of this mm-hmm. as a leader of this organization this is what it's going to be mm-hmm. and then, then they get ownership because you're handing it to them mm-hmm. b yeah i would say b i say I, I think it's important that they know what's important to me and how we're gonna what we're gonna what i believe to be where our success is going to lie and then the team theme of strong unknown best together they can create the team theme every year. Our players came up with a couple of themes this year, kind of fitting into going back to the humble, hardworking, have fun. And one of them was up here, hand up, not out, which I thought was great, right? We're a startup organization. So you got to be gritty. You got to be hungry. Mm. Nobody else is going to do it. So you got to get it done, which I totally, lo- which I totally love. I love that. I'm going to write that down. Put your hand up, not out. And then the other one, um, one through 41, number one is our community, then the roster of 40. Uh, so that was our size of our roster. So, and this, again, this was player, player driven. And then the last one was HAF, which was hard as, you know, you can imagine what the F stood for. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think they learned as the year progressed and we had a great start. You know, be one of the, we were on the road for the first five weeks, right? Obviously, yeah. New England, are, you know, winners there better than most. And, um, so we were on the road, great win against Rivalry in New York. But then the next four weeks we're on the road, some tough games, lost last minute, a lot of games. And uh, so, so tough. And that HAF was kind of turning more into, okay, well, probably we need to be more savvy, you know, like than just, just physical and mm. effort with accomplishment. We saw a lot of that. Like we're going to work really hard and that'll make up for everything else. No, no, work works, but at the end of the day, we still got to execute. So let's figure out if we can work more effectively, be a bit more savvy. That was an evolution that our kind of our mm. team, had to go through which, which yeah you came in there's been a, a bit of controversy when you came in coach had been there for a long time like there was a race issue like, how do you manage that now like coming out of what we've just been through and it was it was amazing how difficult it was for everybody and if it wasn't difficult for you i don't have time for you you know um and on a staff i mean i have only two white players and you know my my whole staff is black right so i basically the black community is a huge part of my everyday Right. And it's, it's, um, and I think they, I think my team has appreciated that as a white woman head coach who was absolutely benefited from white privilege in every way. Right. Um, for me to be able to say, we have to have actionables, right? So now we've got we're all registered to vote. I mean, all the other things that everybody's doing, right. But also for us to say exactly that, Alex, we don't have the answers. All I know is this isn't okay. Yeah. This isn't okay. And dialogue is important. And actionables are important and listening is important. And um, so I think that's, but it was remarkable how hard it was because I felt so bad for, for maybe, yeah, my lack of um, awareness growing up. And then I think also the, 
heaviness of having a better understanding of how many people in the black community have felt for so long, you know? Um, and so I think it's a perfect storm. You have COVID, which completely sucks. You have what I think is a lack of leadership at the very highest level. Yeah. So that's been, that's been hard. I think sports can have a real unifying, um, effect and it can also have a really divisive effect. Um, and I think we're seeing that. Yeah, totally. So you're CEO coach effectively as head coach, right? And you're running this big organization. What is a typical day like right now? So players are slowly trickling or back on campus, but you're not in season. How are you running? Like, what does your day look like so that you can have time with the kids and the family? Like, how do you manage all that? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not as bad as it was at Princeton. I actually think I have way more family time now, part in part because the the day we can practice more in the during the day because we have priority scheduling. Interesting. Right, and so at a school like this, we've got sixteen thousand students. Um, there'll be multiple sections of econ. There'll be multiple sections of business. There'll be multiple sections of biology, and so they let the athletes sign up for their classes first, so they can sign up for them where there's an afternoon three hour block where they can practice, right? At Princeton, that didn't happen. And so our practice time was basically five to 7.30 every night. And as you know, when you have really young kids, it doesn't matter because 7.30 is the same as midnight, right? But as my kids have gotten older with two six-year-olds and a four-year-old, like I didn't want to miss the soccer practice and the things that I didn't, I wanted to be home for dinner and bath time, right? And so that part's been better. Um, but it's what makes it, I mean, I have two cell phones, not one. I mean, it's just your, cause I'm on one, I'll be on one. And then I'll be able to text on the other, some, you know, so you just are, it's a very high touch job, right? And so, of course, that's going to take time away from, from your family. But my day-to-day is really, it's, a, it's always an element of human relationship, which takes time. So whether that's with recruiting and our current team and my staff, all three of those constituents get me every day at some, at, at some level. Um, and then the external community, which is either your alums and donors and ticket holders and all that, they don't get a piece of me every day because they're a little bit further down in the pecking order in terms of the, the fully functioning operation that we're part of. Um, and then I have to save time to think, like to, to plan practice or to do the film breakdown or to, you know, the, as you would say, the tactical part of the job, right? And so, you know, I have a, I'm fortunate enough that I have a scheduler who heard one of her main jobs is basically to manage my schedule. And so it would be like having a meeting with mags, but it's just a meeting with myself. Yeah. And she knows that, you know, whatever, is that from one to two? Is that from 11 to 12? She knows that there's a meeting with, you know, we meet with myself every day. She's able to, to make sure that that happens. And that's been really helpful. That's something I've learned with, with having now more people meeting me all the time. The hardest part about that, though, for me is the transitioning. Because mm-hmm. it's really hard, like, going from fighting fires or being on intense human interactions then suddenly going like, well now is the one time I have in the day to plan, think, brainstorm, be creative. That transition sometimes is really is difficult. Mm-hmm. Like even just like sometimes I have to dig into a spreadsheet and I love digging into spreadsheets, right? Especially when the numbers work. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just having the ability to transition I think is probably an area that I need to continue to work on because it is the part of your brain you're using for this is different than the part of the brain where I got to, I got to think about the long term and digest and catch mm-hmm. my breath. Mm-hmm. And those little transitions is, is a work on for me for sure. Good point. And I think I'm, I'm actually better at that. I think than, than most what I'm not, 
but there are the things that, for example, if I'm looking at our budget, um, I'm not great at, as great at numbers, and I know with what your job is, you have to do that a lot. So that actually, yeah, that has to be scheduled for me. That has to be like on Tuesday at 10 a.m. because I won't be able to transition into budget and then transition out. So most other things, if I know I'm planning for our opening team meeting, I can do that right after you know, three straight recruiting calls, but I wouldn't be able to then, like you said, transition as well if it was something that um, it takes more time for me to think through it. So I put that in its own entity, really. You ever just say, F it, clear my schedule, I'm gonna give myself a day to just think? Do you ever call your, <laughs> your schedule and be like, like, yeah, you know, we try this time of year to say Fridays can be a good day, you know, and, and, but you know, as a parent, and I know everyone on the podcast who's parents, they sort of get this too, that you, you can't have it all, right? And so for me, if I'm going to have a whole day where I think there could be real value to that, but it means it's also a whole day I'm not with either of the two things that pull the most from my time, right? So I think I, I probably am not good enough at that. I'm more, I'm better at really finding an hour to, and then finding that to be rejuvenating. Yeah, that's awesome. Would you have time to work out? Like, how do you fit that in? Yeah, every every morning. Yeah, I think, and here's what I'd say to that. I think for, again, all these people that are listening in that are high-level leaders, it's just, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. And so sometimes for yourself, it's a glass of wine at 6 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock at night, and other times it's a long run. I mean, everyone has their own version of reading a good book, or, um, but I think gone are the days i think i think it's a good thing gone are the days where like you brag about like in college we all we remember this we'd study you'd have all-nighters in college either studying or or partying you know or both you know um i i think gone are those days where that's something that you brag about right and i think especially as a as a leader of other people i i i don't brag about how hard i'm working i actually would rather spend time making sure that I'm, I'm I'm strong and healthy for myself so that I can be strong and healthy for you. I'm, I'm not up until four in the morning every morning and back up at six in the morning. Yeah. The idea of bragging about that is definitely gone. Right? Yeah. It's just, or like, oh my gosh, I, I worked all day and I didn't get home till nine o'clock. It's like, there are days where you don't get home till nine o'clock. Me too. Nobody cares. Right. But it's that I got home at nine o'clock. And so tonight I'm going to have to just go to bed right away because I didn't get a workout in yesterday. So I got to get up a little early and get my workout in. Like, I think it's almost like gone are the days where you're guarding your desk and your success is based on how many hours you, what you logged. It's really how well you're able to take care of yourself amongst the many different tasks you have so that you have enough energy and health to take care of other people. Very well said. I completely love that. Social media is obviously different now than when we were athletes. Oh, Thank God. Yeah. Like, so social media is now here and it's, you got players, you got yourself. Like, how do you, how does that? playing a part in everything now like how are you educating your players for the use of social and many times they're just way more savvy than us yeah you know we had a really good uh, conversation we had one of our alums does a really great talk on branding and we had her come on zoom and um coaches signed off so that she could really get after it but did a really great job um, empowering them to understand that their brand, social media is actually branding, right? It's free branding. Um, so it's separate from the, the fact that it's a new search engine for some. I think for this age, oftentimes it's the branding environment. And so I, th- I think we, we tried to do it from a positive side instead of if you do this, then this. It was more, this is, you know, who's your, you need to be your biggest cheerleader. What are words that you would use to describe yourself? Does, do your posts reflect that? right or what are um and then we also tried to make sure they understand that when you're on a team you lose some individuality and 
So your post reflects me, you know, and my posts reflect you. And I won't embarrass you and I hope you won't do that for me. And if I ask you to take something down, do it. Um, and know that I'm not going to then tag you on our university page that has thousands of followers. I'm not going to tag you and send people to your account, you know. Um, but I think the, the life of comparison, which is the life of social media, is really a hard place to grow up. And so um, we try to look at it. I'm trying to help them see it as a place of, of positive branding of yourself. That's so helpful. Yeah, I love that. Do my posts um, reflect um, poorly on our players? Would they be embarrassed about them? Max, your posts are great. Uh, we all love your posts. <laughs> I think they reflect really well on, on how fun we are. That really fits into the half fun part of us. <laughs> yes. Okay. As long as the humbleness and the hard work is there as well. Okay, sweet. I love that. Court, I heard a rumor that you almost did Amazing Race. Is that true? It's true. Tell me, what, what was that about? So I was graduating from, from Dartmouth the second time for my master's, and I didn't know if coaching was a vocation, of course. And so I was choosing, I was defended my thesis, turned 29, um, got the call from the Princeton athletic director and found out I was a finalist for the Amazing Race all in the same week. Um, and that was back when you had to send, like, uh, videos of yourself and all that. Um, now, of course, I was... What were we saying? Brilliant at it. it would have been oh my gosh. And I was going to do it with my brother who's amazing and we would have won um, and we would have won a million dollars. And, but um, you know, it takes a while because that was back when you were like mailing videos. You're not like sending YouTube links. Right. And so by the time you get the mailing and some human being like separating all the mailing and stuff. And I had gotten the job offer at Princeton and I was like, I mean, I don't even know if I'll make it. I'm a finalist. So that's good. But how long is this whole process going to take? And so I ended up taking the Princeton job and the rest, I guess, is history. Wise choice. But you're so competitive and savvy. You would have yeah, done really We would have won. So there will be, I would be on that show at some point. I, it's, it's hard for me to take a, a lifetime out right now, but I'll get there. And then kind of the big picture sports, how do you see, like, especially WNBA, that evolution? Where is, where is the WNBA going? Yeah, you know, I think they've, they're a fascinating study. Right. And, and this is your world. So, you know, it more than me, but to, to build something from the ground up and to get, is it viewership? Is it, is it um, finance? Is it butts in the seats? Is it um, TV? Like, what is it that promotes the league the best? Right. And is it a grassroots? Is it, and um, then when do, what season do you play it? Will you compete less with some of the other, I mean, there's so many different things. Um, I think fortunately the WNBA, the level is so good that the players are so good um, that the more that we can ink people into seeing it, the better people are going to feel about it. Um, but we have a love obsession with basketball in our country. People are obsessed with it. And there's just, there's always basketball on, um, on the men's side. And so it's really, it's a hard space to break into. Right. Um, but I think the, the, the way they're doing it now with, with, with making you feel like, you know, the, the, the women, um, is helping. Mm -hmm. And they have an obligation to that, as do your players, that to recognize that we're not just going to watch you because of the sport. We want to feel like we're rooting for you. It's the characters, right? It's the conflict. It's resolution. You know, storytelling one-on-one. That's really what it is. Okay. Totally. Let's stay behind the characters because there is the drama of those characters. And they're either aspirational or they're relatable, but either way, you know, I want, I want, I want more. I want to see more. 
And like with the Red Sox, it's not it, forever. It wasn't about the players necessarily. It was about Fenway, right? That's mm. the star, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just what what is that star going to be? And something. I think they're doing a really good job of continuing to evolve. Typical mm. sports entertainment climate. Because right? you're right, is it about butts in the seats? Okay, then that's a live event play. That's going to be different than you know media broadcast that kind of thing. Or is it purely just creating a brand that has other things around it that then mm. so? Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens as, as things move forward, especially with betting now being, you know, loosened up in a lot of states. How's gaming going to play a part of that? How's esports? That's play? a that's the huge one, right? I think that's what the pro the professional lacrosse, for example, is doing. Is they're basically tra- they're they're recognizing that you, you there's a lot of money to be made in sports betting, and people are betting on like dogs, no, you know, I- and so they will absolutely bet on female athletes, yeah, you know, if you just give them the if you give them the the reins to do that. So I think there's a real avenue in that way as well. It's just that the data's clean, there's integrity behind it, it's done in a safe environment, and it'll continue to grow for sure. Mm-hmm. Rapid fire questions for quick ones. Um, favorite book? Most recently, I love the book Small Great Things. Small Great Things. By Joni Picot, um, who's a great writer, as you know. Um, it's about the race relations really in our country. So she tackles very difficult issues. And this one was about, particularly about, it was a, a black labor and delivery nurse from Yale. And she had to take care of a basically a white skinhead's kid in the ICU. Um, and it's not a true story, but it feels true. And it talks about the biggest moment in the book that I found was, was really tra- was really profound was, so this black couple, she and her husband were in a hotel lobby of a very nice hotel. And some couple came up to them and, and gave them their keys, assuming they were the valet drivers. And, you know, when you and Brooke are at the hotel lobby, never has someone assumed you are a valet driver, right? So it was things like that in that book that really let you into really these are this is how the race relations feel to people in our country and 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 how real they are so that's a really profound book for this what we're going through right now okay um winning at all costs losing the right way i already answered that oh gosh yeah losing the right way know your why yeah exactly um exactly something you've always wanted to do but haven't yet what would that be vacation in bora bora i'm one of those huts in the water okay i love that favorite movie lately you know, I don't watch movies, really, I have to say. I watched uh, Ozark. Is that considered a movie? Is that a document? That's a Netflix thing? It's amazing. You haven't seen Ozark? <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. Brooke's on call this weekend, so maybe at night I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Yes, it's so good. It's with Ke- uh, Jason Bateman. It's amazing. But I can't tell you the last movie I saw. I'm not exaggerating. Like Same. 20 years ago. I don't think Brooke and I have been to a theater. I took Piper to Frozen and we walked out. After. Oh, yeah, we went to Frozen. Piper's like, I, it's not for me. Can we go down? I was like, we'll stay for five minutes. She's like, all right. And then five minutes, she's like, not for me, Dad. Let's go. It's like, great. <laughs> like, oh, lucky you. No. This wants to be Daniel Tiger and Peppa Pig for now. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that. Peppa Pig is such an annoying voice, though. I'm so tired of it. It's so annoying. And just the music behind it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the boys totally love it. I was just like, totally. It's like chalkboard. Hey, so what can we expect from the Tar Heels this year? Um, a lot of enthusiasm. 
I think there's a, um, you know, we have a top 10 class in the country in freshmen, in the freshman group. Um, we've got a good senior, uh, good leadership core back. Um, we actually only have, I mean, we've I've gotten 12 new kids in a year. You know, it's crazy, but um, just lots of enthusiasm. It's, a, it's an eager group. Um, it's a talented group. It's a really inexperienced group in some ways. Um, so we'll have to be enthusiastic about it. I love it. If I, I, I would be, I would love to play for you. You'd be you'd just fantastic. I love I'd it. love to play for you too. So last question I ask everybody, if you're in charge of the free jacks today, what are you focusing on day to day? Um, that's a, wow. That's a very difficult question. Um, probably your what you already are, which is that the culture that you have in place is going to be what sells. Yeah. If, if we leave it every day, like if that's, if it's really, if that's who we are, then it will. Like, think about it. The Patriots, whether you hate them or like them based on their culture, they're, they're sellable. The Cowboys, their yeah. culture, it's sellable, right? It's so it's, it's almost like if you, the Lakers, yeah, right. right. Um, even the, um, the Bucks with, with, uh, the, the Greek freak. Yeah. So I think you're, you're, you're the way your guys buy in and embody your culture is what sells. I love it. Thank you so much. I told Brooke last night we were getting on a, on a pod day. She was so excited. Yeah. I'd give her my best. Is she still like medicine nerd? Yeah, she's second year now. She just started, and it's, it's been crazy, right? Because obviously, intern year was in COVID and everything else, and they had to scramble to get the systems in place. But yeah, she's she's. What's her discipline? Pediatrician. She loves it. Oh, a pediatrician. She's with kids all day. Yeah, well, and it's the parents really is the key, right? That's yeah. the, right. So all for the kids, loving the kids, but then it's the intrigue is really to move things forward is really working with parents and managing parents. So that's, yeah. That's is she in the, um, at the Hitchcock? Yeah, she's at DHMC. Oh, wow. Good for her. Like, I love court. Cause every time I would see her, she just was such a great mentor and brought so much energy and we laughed mm-hmm. a lot and just, we I did was, laugh. She is hilarious. You both are. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you just keep, you just keep inventing yourself and you always keep, you know, who you are hasn't changed either. And it's been really neat to see what you've done for the sport of rugby is first of all, like, I don't think there would be rugby if it wasn't out, if it wasn't mags, you know, you've loved it with everything in college and on and, and you've just, this world, I think is we all need to think like entrepreneurs, right? Gone are the days of, of um, fitting yourself into a peg, right? And um, I think you've, you've had an entrepreneurial spirit everywhere since you were in college, you know, and um, it's, it's going to be fun to see what your interactions and, and what your, um, how your ideas come to life because it's, yeah, there'll be the next one. There'll always be another one for you. So if we can keep bouncing ideas off each other, that would be great. I'd love it. Okay, so great to see you. You too. Good luck to you. Well, that was this week's Full Contact CEO. Thank you very much to, to Coach Courtney. And thanks to you all for tuning in to Full Contact CEO. Next week, I have another very special guest, current president and CEO of the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Association, two-time Olympian whose business career includes past positions, K2, Vocal Skis, Dealer Wire, Dealer Track, Global Rescue, a former junior ski coach, Stowe, Vermont native, current Park City resident who executes management, leadership, and operations as well as did turns and swooshes through the 1980s. A tremendously great human who hopefully still has a closet full of amazing 1980s ski suits and onesies. I really hope we can we can flush that out. I'm really excited for you guys to listen in as we as we connect with Tiger Shaw.